You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Pacers fans? Happy Friday, and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we talk about, you know it, the Indiana Pacers. As always, I'm one of the hosts of this show, Tony East. I cover the Indiana Pacers for Forbes today. Is a surprise. I know we said we we're going to cut down to one episode a week, um, but I have been itching to talk Pacers all week. Like at work, I think of something Pacers related, and I'm like, oh, I want to put that on a podcast, but I don't want to wait. And they made a minor signing, so I have an excuse to do a show. Uh, so we'll do a quick two-segmenter here today. Uh, one segment on the signing and a little bit more info both on it and some other roster stuff that didn't really get covered. Uh, and then the second segment, I kind of want to explain why the McConnell signing and the Sumner extension and all that stuff uh, has not become official yet. So that will be fun and hopefully interesting. We'll get into some cat minutia for the uh, nitty-gritty people who are interested in that stuff. So let's start with the team building news. The Pacers, per Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, first guy on this, uh, getting the info from uh, an agency, uh, Amida Brima. Seven-footer, a center, joining the Pacers. Of course, that was met with immediate backlash of people who have no idea why they made this move. Who said, why are they signing a center? Why are the why are the Pacers signing another center? Well, first of all, I am of the opinion that a, a, the last roster spot should probably be a center. Not this guy, not Bremon. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but I'm of the opinion that it should be a center. If Goga gets hurt, like... You're still going to start Sabonis, so you need another center. Uh, and if Turner gets hurt, you're going to start Goga Sabonis probably. Anyway, um, so they bring in uh, Amita Brima. If you've never heard of him, he's never played in the NBA. So that's why you've never heard of him. Well, let, let me back that up. So he played – he he got went undrafted out of UConn. He was the uh, defensive player of the year in the American Conference uh, one year of college. He's a super crazy blocks guy, like insane how many blocks he gets. He had – um, he played in Summer League for the Brooklyn Nets. I might have already said that. Uh, 2.2 blocks per game, and he only played 12.5 minutes, right? So that per 36, that's almost seven blocks. Like, that's insane. Uh, dude can jump like crazy, runs like a guard. He's just very raw in pretty much every other thing. He's pretty much a lob guy and a blocks guy. Picture E.K. Anibogu, basically. He's like uh, a little farther along E.K. Anibogu. So Chris Haynes drops the signing first. Drops the signing first. I probably already said that, too. Uh, I actually did a first recording of this, and I hated it, so I just stopped myself like three minutes in and started over. So if I if I haven't already said something that I said, I said that's why. Um, and then right after Scott Agnes and J. Michael saying it's a partially guaranteed one-year deal for Brema. So let me get into why people who who are up in arms about them sending a center is wrong and what these deals mean. So uh, the reason it's a partially guaranteed one-year deal is that he's getting an exhibit what a contract that's called an exhibit ten. Uh, and we'll talk. There's two other players that have this on the roster that we've never talked about on here. Uh, it's sorry. It's a contract with an Exhibit 10 clause. So if a contract has an Exhibit 10 clause, that means it's a one-year, fully non-guaranteed minimum contract. That's what Brema has. And then if you make the roster, the Pacers roster, you just get the minimum, right? And you can get waived anytime, and you're gone. But you get paid the minimum, so you get paid money, which is cool. Um, but if you get waived before the season starts. And then he signs with the Mad Ants, and he's with the Mad Ants for 60 days. He gets $50,000. So on an Exhibit 10, the amount can be any amount. 
5,000 to 50,000. Brema and the other two guys who've gotten exhibit 10s for the Pacers, who we'll talk about later, Jakeen and Gant uh, and CJ Wilcox, both also have the full 50,000 uh, in those. So, Brema will almost certainly be a training camp body. He'll probably play in a preseason game or two. Remember, Elijah Stewart and Omari Johnson uh, were also in this situation last year. I feel like there's another guy that I'm forgetting. Uh, Jared Utoff two years ago. So, that's what Brema has on the line for him. So, he's probably not going to make the final roster, if I had to guess. I think he's just a training camp body that the Mad Ants like and want to have. So, that's why they did this deal. Um, but I, I don't know that. That's just my official prediction on, um, on, on what's going on with this deal. So, for you people who are freaking out about this center, first of all, again, I think they need one, but not this one. They can get any of the Jillian quality centers still out there for the minimum um, so I do not think Brema is going to make the roster, but um, he is going to be on the Mad Ants. So if you're up in arms about a Mad Ants signing, man, you just are trying to be critical. Um, I don't think anyone would be critical if they knew all the information. So, yeah, that's what Brema is. He's just a shot-blocking, rim-running guy. Pretty much no jump shot, but he only shoots around the rim. Uh, he had a 40-point game in college at UConn. Uh, where he didn't miss a shot. I was doing some research on him today and stumbled upon that. It was was pretty interesting. He had a free throw in the first round of a game in the tournament that they, uh, when they won the NCAA tournament, he had a free throw to tie the game with like 40 seconds left in the first round that year, if you remember uh, any of that. So, yeah, uh, that's Brima. He'll be on the preseason roster. He'll be a media day, all that stuff. So if you want to do some research on him, go for it. You'll see him play uh, early October. The other two guys... That snuck through because, so on July 1st, the Pacers just tweeted, like, beginning of free agency, no one knows what's going on. You can't send anybody to NBA deals. And they just walk in and they're like, okay, we got uh, Brian Bowen on a two-way. That was pretty cool. We talked about that a little bit. And then they just subtly throw in that they added uh, Jakeen and Gant and C.J. Wilcox. So they got the same deal as Brema, that Exhibit 10, 50,000 guaranteed. Those deals have already gone uh, up the ladder of the league office. I believe I could be wrong about that. Um, but they, Oh, another thing about exhibit 10 deals is they do not count against the cap, even if they're waived at all. So not cutting into the Pacers cap space or anything like that. So, uh, Wilcox, if you remember last year, got a two way and then play, you played for the summer league team and then got a two way and then tours Achilles, uh, in training camp. And then he had an exhibit nine, which protects that it's, there's so many exhibits that are confusing. He had exhibit nine clause, which like protects the team from having to like, keep him on his two air i don't know how it works uh with with what he got paid and what he didn't but they ended up uh being able to use the two-way to to uh have sumner and who was the other one they had oh man i can't even remember oh davon reed uh and then eventually uh ben moore probably made the roster because possibly made the roster because of that um anywho but he's now recovered uh mark monty threw out a piece about wilcox actually for pacers.com about Wilcox uh, and possibly this being his last chance. 28-year-old now, so it probably is his last chance at his NBA dream. Drafted in the first round in 2014, has not done anything in the league. Uh, hasn't even played a full season's worth of total games since. So uh, He was okay for the Pacers in summer league last year, so maybe he's something, but I don't envision him being much. But, yeah, he's one of the two guys in this section. The other one is Jakeenan Gant. Uh, he was on the summer league team, for those who tuned in. Uh, to those games he played in four of those games, not all five. Uh, he went to the Lu- University of Louisiana at Lafayette. Lafayette? I'm never going to say that right. Last year, 20.5 points per game his senior year. That's pretty impressive. 
Um, so we'll have to see what they can bring to the table in the uh, the old preseason or the old training camp. So uh, Jakina Gant, C.J. Wilcox have been here for a while. We just never got to bring them up. And now um, Amita Brima in the house. So, yeah, minor signing, merits, and major podcast. So we are going to take a short break here, only two segments today. And on the back end, we're going to talk about uh, – why the McConnell signing and the Sumner extension are not yet official. Uh, so some cap stuff. Stick around. Cap stuff. Everybody's favorite. And by that, I mean a very small niche of listeners' favorite. But it's my favorite, damn it. Um, so I'm getting this question more and more by the week, and I get why. Because it's been reported heavily about Edmund Sumner's getting this $6.5 million extension. And the Pacers are adding TJ McConnell on this two-year deal. Like, why hasn't that happened yet? And I totally get why. That question is popping up, especially because Marcus Morris agreed verbally to a deal with the team and then said, nah, never mind, I don't, I don't want to do that. So people, you know, I don't think uh, TJ McConnell or Edmund Sumner are going to switch teams, especially not Sumner, um, because he is technically still restricted. And I don't think McConnell will either. But, uh, actually, they're just not. Just Don't even think about that. It's not going to happen. There's no cap space left. It's just not going to happen. So... The reason this hasn't happened yet is because of resource allocation. So the Pacers technically have like $4.8 million in cap space left. And McConnell's maximum first-year salary is $3.5-something million. So they could fit him into the cap space. Great. And then they'd have a little bit left over to sign that minimum guy. Um, and then they're two-way and they're done. But they also have the room exception available, which is a $4.76 million except salary cap exception that they can use to go over the cap. Going over the cap doesn't matter with your last player, uh, which McConnell will be if he's in there. But anyway, they have two pools of money from which they can use to sign McConnell. Bringing him into cap space, if they can't find anybody to sign their cap space with, is just fine. Uh, There's no no really downside to it. You keep your full room exception for the buyout market. So say in February, Andre Iguodala or whoever gets bought out, all of a sudden the Pacers have that full room exception left. And they're like, Hey, we can offer you four point seven six million, and no one else can offer you this. Um, they could just do that, and that's great. That sounds awesome. Why not sign McConnell now, if that's the case? Well, here's why. So, sit, there's still some good free agents out there. You know, Justin Holiday, uh, Kevin Pelton reporting today that he's asking for too much money, which is interesting because nobody has any money left. Uh, my favorite, Thabo Cephalosha, is still out there. Luke Sharnbaumute is still out there. There's some good players still available. They would cost more than the minimum, so they would eat up some of this cap space uh, that McConnell uh, would also occupy. So what could happen is they use all of their remaining space, that $4.8 million, on one of the best players left, and then put McConnell in the room exception, uh, or vice versa. Um, so this is where the cap part gets interesting. The mid-level exception... Uh, actually, let's start with the minimum. If you sign a player to a minimum contract... Minimum contracts prorate every single day of the season. So there's like usually like 178 days of the regular season or something like that. So on day 60 of the regular season, let's say it's 178, the minimum is worth 118 over 178 of what it's worth on day one of the regular season because it prorates every single day. So it's worth like less than a million dollars come buyout season, right? You're signing like a couple hundred thousand dollar contract. The all salary cap exceptions, the BAE, the rumored level that the Pacers have that I just talked about, uh, the MLE, all that stuff, doesn't start prorating until the league-wide cutdown date in January, right? So if you go into buyout season with part of the, the room exception left as opposed to just a minimum slot, you can technically offer a player more money at that time if you're really desperate to get a player. 
So the reason that McConnell hasn't been signed yet is because it could be beneficial for them to use all of their space, their cap space on a good player instead of putting that player in the room exception. Put McConnell in the room exception and then have that little bit left of wiggle room to try to add a guy in the buyout market later on in the season. So that's it. That's that's the reason. That's why uh, it hasn't happened yet because there could be spending power advantage. Now there could not be. Like they could get Mbamute for the minimum, and then maybe you, uh, you know, put put him in the cap space, put McConnell in the cap in the cap space, and boom, you're done. You still have the full room exception. Uh, then the value of waiting doesn't really exist. But they don't know. They don't. They can't possibly know yet. So that's why. And then the last thing that will happen is the Edmund Sumner extension because they can just keep his cap hold on the books no matter what and then extend him at any time even if they're already over the cap so uh, that will be the last step so I'm guessing what will happen is at some point in the next week or so uh, Friday news dump seems unlikely but I'm always wrong with this stuff um, we'll see something like the Pacers get player number 14 which will probably be a big forward and then after that they will sign McConnell and then we'll see because they could do Sumner next, or they could try to squeeze out a little more room depending on who they end up signing before the Sumner extension. But I think the order will end up being player, McConnell, player, Sumner. And they'll still have a two-way bill after all that, but we'll talk about that another time. So, yeah, there's my fun cap dorky stuff uh, and why they haven't signed McConnell yet because there could be spending power benefits to waiting. So, yeah, that was fun. I hope that was as clear as mine. I highly doubt it is. So, Go yell at me on Twitter if it wasn't, at TEastNBA. So now some um, some general podcast stuff. Uh, multiple people have tweeted at me already this week saying they missed the show. Really appreciate that, guys. Um, as you as I said early, I miss doing it too. It's just like a part of my day or week now, uh, which is nice. Um, but Zach Buckley, if you're listening, or Matt Buckley, excuse me. Why did I say Zach? I'm so sorry, Matt. Tweeted at me today saying he misses the show and then had some ideas about, like, Vic re-signing next year. Uh, he's extension eligible next summer. Top Pacers plays from last season, league rankings, all that stuff. If you would be okay with us doing, like, more general league stuff, we could probably squeeze it. We could definitely squeeze another episode or two in every week. We try to keep this, like, as a Pacers-centric show because it's literally called Locked On Pacers. But if that's something that interests people, we'd be, we'd be happy to do it. Um, and then another thing is guests. Uh, I want to have cooler guests on the show. After a tweet I saw today that we don't have the coolest guests. Damn it, I want to have the coolest guests. Uh, it doesn't actually matter. I'm just, if I'm not doing the best I can, then I'm not doing the best I can. So if you guys are interested in cool guests, also let me know. Obviously, uh, it's contingent on me being able to contact people and get them to come on. But I think I can do it. Um, but if, you, you know, if, you're, if you're here to hear me and Adam's thoughts on the team... Or you know some insight you can't hear elsewhere. That's great. But if you would like to hear um, more guests or certain specific topics, uh, just let me know, and we'll maybe try to fit more in. You know, I can find a few minutes here and there every week to to throw up a second or third episode. So that'll be great. Um, but yeah, that's all. Just some admin stuff at the back end here for those who made it all the way through. Thank you guys so much for tuning into an extra fun Friday edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Pacers. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great weekend, and me and Adam will see you on Monday.